Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. Hey, you guys, I love you. I thank God for you. You know one of the things that excites me about our church and even these um, online services? I know. Um, There are black people watching me and brown people watching me and white people watching me because together we make up the body of Christ. In fact, let me take you into the word of God right off the bat. Scripture says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live, live, live together in unity. Now, the Hebrew word for live is yashab, and it means to ambush or to surprise. And so here's what the psalmist is trying to communicate. Let me read it again. How good and pleasant it is when God's people surprise each other by what they are willing to do for unity. And so I want to give you four surprises uh, today. What we're willing to do to see the body of Christ united. All colors, all kinds of people, all cultures of people. First, let me bring our favorite teaching pastor in the whole wide world. Ray, would you join me, please? Oh, you guys, this guy is a rock star. You know that. Um, But because of the platform God has given him, he has been invited by the Chicago Cubs organization uh, to lead them through five racial reconciliation sessions. Uh, Coaches, um, management, Uh, and players. And we just want to call down the goodness of God on Ray. Same anointing, my friend, that you bear when you teach and preach here. We want that anointing on you as you share uh, with the Cub players and staff. So let me pray over you. Our Father God, I love this man. I thank you for bringing him into my life, for crafting uh, uh, the friendship that is shared between our families, the difference and impact he's making here at Central. And Lord, for how you're using him, even when he's away from here. And we pray your anointing on him as he shares with the Cubs that those players and those coaches and and the front office, as they hear him and as they experience what he has to say, that that they will grow. That, Lord, that you will reveal yourself through Ray. That you will be his help. That you will be his strength. And that you will speak and work through him to help them grow in their racial unity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I got some more surprises for you. Number one, uh, we're having a unity service this weekend. It's the first weekend in uh, August, and we're going to have them the first weekend of every month going forward. Uh, It's going to be um, central with our Iglesia, our Spanish-speaking congregation, and and New Life, our our inner-city congregation. And these things, oh my gosh, God just gets all over them. And so I want to invite you, set aside that first weekend every month. Make sure you're present for this tremendous spiritual experience. And then the second thing, um, a surprise of what we're willing to do for unity in our church, um, to bring us all together, um, brown people and white people and, and, and black people, is that we are establishing, creating a new staff position responsible for our growth in racial unity. And it's my honor to introduce to you 
our new director of cross-cultural integration, Mrs. Michelle McElroy. Woo! Michelle. Woo -woo! Yeah, yeah. I love you. Um, as, as I was praying about this position, time and time and time again, God put Michelle on my heart. I, I've known her as long as I've known Ray. And over the course of the last uh, five years, my, I, I, I hold the same love and respect for her that I do for her husband. Some of you already love her because you already know her. Others of you, you'll come to love her. Uh, what impre has impressed me about her? Number one is her love for Jesus. Number two, her love for this church, but also her character as a woman of God. Her faith, I know her strengths, her passions, her skills, and it is an absolute delight to have Michelle now uh, on our staff and, and to lead us and to influence us as we grow in racial unity as a church. And I thought I'd just give a second uh, to let Michelle greet you. Pastor Dave was not supposed to make me cry on camera today. <laughs> However, I am super excited to be a part of Central Christians Church team, and I am looking forward to see what God wants to do in and through us as we seek to reflect God's kingdom in heaven mm. here on earth. Right on, man. Uh, Ray, let's you and I pray over Michelle at awesome. this moment. Yes, sir. Would you join us in prayer, please? Our Father God, you are a faithful king. And who would have known? Years ago when Deb and I went out for supper with Ray and Michelle, that you would create a moment like this. You had it all as a part of your plan. She is gifted in the Holy Spirit. She is your workmanship, Father, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that you prepared in advance for her to do. And we just cry out to you, Lord, that you put wisdom in her, discernment in her and that you just you just let her her natural love and skill and winsomeness her relationship with Jesus to come right to the forefront as she helps us grow in racial unity as a church in Jesus name yes. amen. amen amen thanks guys I love you love, love you. you thank too. God for you all right <laughs> um, fourth surprise when we say in terms of our devotion to racial unity that we stand by our black brothers and sisters it's not just talk I don't know how familiar you are with the Christian church but there are 6,000 Christian churches across the nation like ours and one of them is the Lewis Street Church of Christ in Little Rock Arkansas unfortunately on May 30th of this year um, the Lewis Street Church of Christ. It's an African-American church serving the inner city of Little Rock. It was firebombed twice. Uh, the, the bombs went off, exploded on the roof uh, of their church building, dropped through the roof, and uh, set the whole place on fire. Uh, because of the protests going on, uh, fire trucks were not able to get there. The whole building uh, was destroyed. Now, sadly, uh, the pastor there and his people uh, had been working for the previous 10 months uh, to completely remodel and refurbish the inside of their worship center to celebrate their 86th anniversary as a church. And now all that work, all that money, all that labor of love 
went up in smoke. Ah, but these guys are not going to quit. The Lewis Street Church of Christ has decided that they are going to stay in that neighborhood, continue to to minister to that community, and that they are going to rebuild their church building from the ground up. And we've decided, along with other Christian churches in the U.S., that we're going to come alongside and help them. And so over the course of the next several weeks, leading up to the last week in September, we are going to receive a love offering that we will send to the Lewis Street Church of Christ to help them rebuild. So our prayer is that by this same time next year, they will be celebrating their 87th anniversary in a brand new church building. And I'd like to ask that you pray with me over this initiative. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we know that um, you are delighted when your people figure out surprising ways to unite and tear down barriers tear down walls and we want to come alongside our brothers and sisters in Little Rock our hearts of compassion go out to them at the loss of their building and so we want you to put on our hearts generosity beyond measure and that you would receive the gifts that we plan and that we give over the course of the next several weeks and when we send that gift to the end of September, Lord, that it bring joy. In fact, I'll say it the way the Bible says it. Lord, make us rich in every way, that we might be generous on every occasion, that thanksgiving would break through to you through our generosity. And we pray that, looking forward, Lord, to the way you'll glorify yourself and help the Lewis Street Church of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, that's three surprise prayers for you. But I've got one more. Jesus said that when we pray, we should pray like this. Our Father. Our Father. That means God is my Father. Our Father. That means God is your Father. God is Father to everyone who surrenders to Jesus. Everyone who believes in Him. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote it this way. In Christ Jesus, in a relationship with Christ Jesus, you are all God's children through faith. For all of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. You see, my identity, once I was baptized, was no longer that that I was a white guy. My identity is I'm a child of God. Your identity is not all wrapped up primarily in the color of your skin or the language you speak. Your identity is wrapped up in the fact that you are a child of God. And when you were baptized, you were clothed with Christ. You were clothed with his goodness, clothed with his righteousness, clothed with his mercy, his grace. You were clothed even with his perfection. You were made a child of God, adopted into the family. And Jesus then went on with the prayer. You know the prayer, our Father, heaven, we hallow your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, your will be done, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, have you ever wondered how, if we're to bring God's will to earth, How is God's will done in heaven? Well, the best friend of Jesus, John, he got a glimpse of it. And here's what he writes. I looked and there was an enormous crowd. No one could count all the people. They were from every race, every tribe, every nation, every language. And they stood in front of the throne of God 
and of the Lamb. So, if that's what heaven looks like, if that's how the will of God unfolds in heaven, all kinds of people, all colors of people, all language of people, all races of people, worshiping together, that's what Central Christian is responsible to bring to earth right here and right now. You know, maybe a lot of churches would say, oh, uh, if that's what God's will looks like in heaven and we're supposed to bring it here on earth, that would be hard. That would be difficult. That would be challenging. That would be messy. That would be expensive. That would be demanding. That would take a lot of sacrifice and commitment. That would take change. Why bother? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question because the brother of Jesus, James, wrote his book that's in the Bible to answer that question. Listen to how James writes. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Why? Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Well, let's begin where James began in that sentence of scripture with the word blessed. The Greek word is makarios. And this is a huge, huge word in the Bible. Uh, makarios means, let me give it to you. Makarios means the worry-free joy of those who place all their cares in the hands of God. Worry-free joy. Because all your cares are placed in the hands of God. Blessed people who are worry-free they are worry-free because they know they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength. They know that their God is actively at work to their good. They know that their God makes everything beautiful in its time. They know that their God is able to do immeasurably, abundantly, exceedingly more than all they can ask or even imagine. And so they are blessed. There's this worry-free joy that dominates in their lives. And you see, they know that when they worship, God works in their, to their good so they don't have to worry. Worry-free joy. This word makarios is used 50 times in the New Testament. It is used 29 times. 29 of those 50 times it is used by Jesus himself. In fact, I'm just going to give you the top 20 qualities of any person. Could be you, could be me. These are the attributes of someone who lives a blessed life. Now, to be blessed, to have makarios, means to be favored by God, to have a marriage favored by God, to have finances favored by God, to have emotions favored by God, to be favored by God, and to have the fullness of God. Well, here's the top 20. The one God chooses is blessed. The one God calls is blessed. The one who believes that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead is blessed. The one who surrenders to Jesus as their Lord and King is blessed. The one whose sins are forgiven is blessed. The one who is faithful is blessed. The one who God disciplines is blessed. The one who trusts in the Lord is blessed. The one who suffers for Jesus is blessed. Uh, the one who waits patiently on the Lord is blessed. Uh, the one who loves and obeys God's word is blessed. The one who worships God every weekend is blessed. The one who repents is blessed. The one who is humble 
is blessed. Uh, the one who is thankful is blessed. The one who shows mercy is blessed. The one who is generous is blessed. The one who brings justice is blessed. The one who brings peace is blessed. And the one who perseveres under trial is blessed. We can incorporate these behaviors and these attributes in our life so that we continually live under the favor of God, the blessing of God, and continually experience makarios, the worry-free joy of someone who's placed all their cares in the hands of God. That's why James writes this way, blessed is the one, makarios, Worry-free joy belongs to the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Uh, now i got to be straight with you. Anytime we make our best effort to bring God's will to earth as it's done in heaven, it enrages the evil one. He tries to disrupt our peace on the inside as well as the peaceful circumstance on the outside. That's his nature. Jesus is our prince of peace. The devil is a disruptor of peace. The devil will try to disrupt any attempt to do God's will on earth. You see the word in the text for trial. Let me read it again. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. That word means to disrupt, a disruption. That's what Satan tries to do. He tries to disrupt our peace on the inside by causing us to worry. The circumstance on the outside tries to come against the peace. And so, we just have to hold on to our peace. We've got to anchor ourselves to our peace. We've got to allow the Prince of Peace to continue to reign. We want peace in our marriage. Let the Prince of Peace reign in our marriage. We want financial peace. Let the Prince of Peace reign in our finances. We want emotional peace. Let the Prince of Peace, Jesus, reign in our emotions. How do you hold on to peace so that it doesn't come and go? Here today, gone Tomorrow, the word of God says, when we give thanks, when we give thanks, our peace grows. Giving thanks is how you triumph over anything and anyone that tests your peace. Philippians, the word of God says this, worry about nothing, pray about everything, ask God for anything. And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You want to have mind-blowing peace, indescribable peace? Thank God, thank God, thank God. Because here's the deal. God always gives peace in proportion to your praise. So when you, you, you join Ray each Wednesday night for second take, and, and you just praise God, well, you get, you get peace to carry you through the rest of the week. And when you join Central Christian for weekend worship online or in person, you, you get the peace of God as you pray God, praise God, you get the peace of God in equal proportion. As you open your hearts in praise, he fills your hearts with peace. Listen to the text. Blessed is the one who perseveres under disruption or trial, because having stood the test, 
that person will receive the crown of life. Um, the crown of life promised to those who love the Lord. So the question is, do you love the Lord? Because it's, it's the love of Jesus that we are filled with that compels us to seek his will on earth as it's done in heaven. It, it, it's the love of Christ within us that impassions us for his will on earth, just like it's done in heaven. In fact, it's the love of Christ in our hearts that empowers us, gives us the strength, gives us the supernatural power to see God's will done on earth as it's done in heaven. All cultures, all colors, all languages, all races coming together, worshiping God with joy, with praise, and experiencing his peace. So the question is, do you love Jesus? And if your answer is yes, if your answer is a resounding yes, James says that Jesus has for you a crown of life. Emphasis on the word life because James uses the same Greek word for life, zoe, that his brother Jesus used when he said in John 10, 10, for I have come to give you life and that life superabundant, superabundant peace, superabundant joy, superabundant hope, superabundant love without end, filled and overflowing. And so what does James mean when he says we're going to get this crown of life? Well, a crown is something that you wear. And first and foremost to James, this crown is all about authority. Because when you labor, when you love to bring God's will to earth as it's done in heaven, Jesus gives you authority. Your words have power, not necessarily when you talk to people, but when you talk to God. It gives your prayers supernatural power so that they are not only heard by God, but they are acted upon by God. God goes ahead of you and works to your good. God goes ahead of you, making everything beautiful in its time. God goes ahead of you and achieves what you could never achieve on your own. Listen to the words of Jesus. You can be sure. Jesus says, you can take it to the bank. You can be certain. You can be sure that whatever you ask, whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. That's the kind of crown you wear. You just, you just wear this authority. And when you talk to God, God listens and God takes action in your behalf. But for James, a crown is all about victory. In that culture, at that time, in athletics, the, the, the person who won the race or the athletic event, they were awarded a crown. And so to James, the crown is, is more than authority. In fact, it's on the basis of the authority. The crown is all about victory. Because you've used the authority of God, now you win victory. If you pray with authority over your marriage, you get victory in your marriage. You pray with authority over your finances, you get victory in your finances. When you pray, if we pray with authority for unity in the body of Christ, we get vic victorious experience of unity in the body of Christ. Here's what scripture says. Overwhelming victory. I love overwhelming victories, particularly when it's between the Bears and the Packers. I love overwhelming victories. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And what does his love look like? His love looks like while we were still sinners, he died for us, died for our sins, and rose from the dead. But, 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 but this crown that we get to wear, 
just carry with us wherever we go. It's like it's a part of our person. It's about joy because when, you, when you're able to wield the authority of God and, and experience victory of God, then, then what do you have? Joy. In fact, you cry out with Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And additionally, this crown of life, superabundant life, beyond authority, beyond victory, beyond joy, it's all about the glory of God. And not just of God, but of experiencing his glory. Scripture says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in our church is our hope of having a glorified central Christian. Christ in my marriage is Deb and I, our hope of a glorified marriage. Christ in your finances is your hope of glorified finances. Christ in our emotions is our hope of glorified emotions. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And so with all of our heart, with all of our passion, we will continue to pursue the will of God on earth as it's done in heaven. And we'll begin right now. I'd like for you to join with me in a time of communion. Your emblems are at hand and if you would take the piece of bread, the cup that you've prepared, let me pray over you. Our Father, um, Lord Jesus, you made it just as simple as could be that God is our Father. When we were baptized, we became children of God. We are all God's children, clothed in Christ. In fact, we want to put on Christ now. As we eat the bread that represents his body, we want to put on the body of Christ. And, and before we take the cup, we want to say we're sorry for any way that um, we've not been willing to surprise each other with um, commitment to unity. We know your heart is for one church, one people, every color, every culture, every language coming together to praise God. And, and we would like to see that happen right here on earth at Central as it, as it happens in heaven, Lord. So we make our appeal on the basis of the power of the blood of Christ. So it, 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 the blood of Christ forgives us, provides for our cleansing, for our healing. There's power in the blood of Christ. And so as we take the cup and drink the juice. We look to you, Lord, to see your will done right here at Central, right here in our lives as it's done in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.